people are getting a good shot at putting several nice rockfish in their bags, even on a trip right out of Long Beach or right out of Dana Point. Welcome to Episode 8 of the Western Outdoor News Podcast. This week at WONews.com, we have a handful of Rockfish Opening Week reports, and today we hear it straight from one of the writers. Juan Rep. Dylan Dupree tells us all about his recent trip aboard the Endeavor out of Ventura Sport Fishing, and he tells us what he's been seeing as the season kicks off. Later on in the show, San Diego native and avid bass angler Rob McGargle discusses his recent article straight out of Western Outdoor News titled, Sight Fishing, A Lot More Than Meets the Eye. There's so many cool things to see. And then, of course, if there's that big fish, I mean, you you might get that chance. But first, the anniversary of the Fred Hall show in Long Beach came and went this year without a show. For those of you that are looking for a subscription special this time of year, we have one. We're giving away a free t-shirt with your one-year renewal, or if you're signing up for the first time, either way, you get a free shirt with one year to Western Outdoor News. It includes access to our digital edition of the paper, as well as the delivered copies right to your mailbox. And you get a free t-shirt. All of that for $39.95. Head over to wonews.com to claim this offer or tap the link in the show notes directly on your phone. All right, topic number one for the day. Rockfish season is underway, and as I mentioned, we have reports from landings all along the southern coast as the season starts to heat up. One of those reports was written by Juan Rep. Dylan Dupre, who you heard at the top of the show. Let's hear about his trip from this past weekend. I was out uh, with the vessel Endeavor out of Ventura Harbor Sport Fishing on a private charter with a friend group I've been going out with a few years now. This is actually my first time on the Endeavor. It's a charter we've done repeat several times with Captain Tucker McCombs when he owned the Outrider. So I was pretty excited. I got to check out uh, the Endeavor for the first time. Yeah, and that's out of Ventura, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Out, of, out of Ventura. Um, and the weather was predicted to be somewhat shaky. We kind of had to have a close eye on it all week uh, between 15 and 20 knot winds. So we were wondering, are we going to go to Santa Barbara Island? Are we going to go to the Outer Channel Islands or have to stick it out on the coastline um, in the event that the weather picked up somewhat? Yeah, this was when that... That weird rainstorm kind of swept through town really quick, but it seemed to clear up. And how was it out there on the water? You know, out on the water, when we were tucked behind the islands, it was nice. But in between the gaps and on the outsides, it was pretty uh, washing machine out there. <laughs> you could see the white caps picking up. And um, in our in our travels, you could feel it pretty significantly as well. Oh, wow. How did that translate to the fishing? Uh, it didn't affect us too much because, like I said, um, we were tucked behind the islands. Uh, the bulk of our time spent in the deep water was on the Santa Rosa Flats behind Santa Rosa Island island and early in the morning we had a pick at kind of the miscellaneous rockfish but as it started to come together late morning our two-hour bite window it was pretty much straight quality rockfish and we were able to get some successful drifts even with the wind and and all that they were long drifts as well Mm -hmm. 
So if you want to see these photos, you you wrote an article and it's live right now on wonews.com. It'll be in the paper next week. What did what did you talk about in that article? Um, I talked about the goals of the trip uh, because this was a private charter. Our charter master kind of has a specific goal every time. He likes twenty fish bag limits. Um, so to make sure that we get the job done with the rockfish, the whitefish, and any other critters that come in between like sheephead and lingcod. On this particular trip, we did not get any lingcod. The day before, they completely whacked them, getting full boat limits. But we understood that the spot that they were fishing was just out of our range with the sketchy weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did very well on the reds, very well on the whitefish, all nice size. Okay, so overall nice trip. How was uh, how was the crowd? How was the group you were with? <laughs> we were a small group group there was a total of 14 of us on the boat and as you know we all knew each other which is kind of a big difference between going open party and going on one of these private charter trips mm-hmm. so lots of jokes um <laughs> lots of giving each other uh, poking fun at each other when you pull up a little starry in the middle of a wide open big red bite and yeah all that kind of fun stuff yeah, and you mentioned uh, kind of the difference right now with going open party and chartered boats. Uh, what's your perspective on that right now? I fish 95% of the time on open party trips. On open party trips, it's a lot bigger diversity of backgrounds, whether people are newer anglers, intermediate anglers, advanced anglers. On this particular trip, with it being a private charter, a bunch of friends who go out pretty frequently, mm-hmm. um, everyone is able to function really well. They knew how to walk side to side and do the do the shifting with the drifting of the boat. Mm-hmm. So it, it definitely helped, I would say, on our overall catching uh, because the anglers knew how to work together. They fished with each other before compared to an open party trip. So with rockfish season just getting started, what's what's the overall vibe for rockfish right now? Is it is it the off to the hottest start you've seen? What's, what's your take? From having watched it the last several years, I would say we're doing very well. And this is spanning from boats uh, just right here along the coast or on these outer island trips that we're on. I've been seeing a, a huge increase in quality compared to past years. And it doesn't seem like even on these local trips, it's just a couple of these quality fish. People are getting a good shot at putting several nice rockfish in their bags, even on a trip right out of Long Beach or right out of Dana Point. Yeah, and we've gotten a slew of photos, and I'm sure everybody can jump over to wonews.com and open up their latest issue of Western Outdoor News to see what's going on out there. How can people get out on the water right now? We've got some charters coming up. Tell us about those. So our next available Western Outdoor News charter is going to be the Rockfish Rumble, and it has three boats going out of Ventura Harbor Sport Fishing. This is our recurring charter we've done. This is actually the ninth year, um, and this year we have the three vessels, Endeavor, Island Spirit, and Pacific Eagle, all running at a limited load. Uh, It's a full day trip, 5 a.m. to 4 p.m. for $135, and there's a $10 jackpot built into that price, which is going to be competed for by all anglers on all the boats. So the top three heaviest fish, there's going to be a cash prize among other prizes from our sponsors and giveaways uh, for, for every angler on board. Thank you so much to Dylan for that report. And to sign up for the Juan Rockfish Rumble on April 7th, tap the link in the show notes below, or you can call Michelle at 949-366-0827 and let her know that you're signing up for the Juan Rockfish Rumble on April 7th. Speaking of Western Outdoor News events, do not forget about the annual Lake Havasu Striper Derby taking place this year on May 15th and 16th in Lake Havasu, Arizona. 
May is such a perfect time to get out on the river and the Striper Derby is a fun way to get out on the water and win tons of prizes, including this year's grand raffle prize, a Klamath 16 EXW paired with a Suzuki 40 horsepower motor and a trailer. For those details, tap the link in the episode description on your phone or visit wonews.com under the Tournaments and Derbies tab. We hope to see everybody at the Lake Havasu Striper Derby May 15th and 16th. Next up on the show, we have a conversation with Rob McGargle of San Diego. Rob's latest article is in the Juan Bass section of Western Outdoor News this week. It's titled, Sight Fishing, More Than Meets the Eye. Let's jump to our conversation about that article and about the current state of San Diego lakes. Well, for me, you know, I, I think people get a different version of what sight fishing is. But obviously, you know, you're it's springtime, fish are moving up, um, and you're visually seeing that fish either on a bed or close to it. And, you know, you're you're working that fish and trying to catch it. Where I say like it where it's more than meets the eye. For me, sight fishing is is for the big fish. It's it's not for those uh the little two pounders and things like that that you're gonna see, you know, scattered, you know, like leaves all over the all over the lake here coming up real soon. Yeah, and and you're primarily in San Diego and San Diego lakes. Uh, what are you seeing out there? Well, right now you're seeing the fish move up. I mean, over the you know, it, it's really interesting too. Unlike the pre-spawn, our lakes in San Diego they're all different, and and people will say, well, this lake happens first, and this one comes in last, and there's there's a lot of that going on. So depending on which lake you're at, some fish have already been up bedding a little bit already, while others are just getting started. You know, so so it, it's been interesting. I was down in South Bay um, just a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, you would think the full moon, and you're going to get some bedding fish, and you know, all that type of stuff happening. Well, everything was pretty much off of the toolies, down in about 10 foot of water, and every fish we caught was so pale. Okay, so those were what, what I call fresh cookies, basically, so to speak, where they were coming up from that 30, 40, 50 foot depth and finally moving in to, you know, to start their little dance. But on the flip side of that, two weeks before that, at one of our lakes, San Vicente, I landed to fish sight fishing. So it's it's kind of interesting on where you say pre-spawn, spawn. It's it's all kind of intermingled at this moment. Yeah, and this moment being uh the beginning of uh beginning of March and yeah. maybe into into April. So there's there's kind of two lanes here. There's the people that say, "Hey, don't bother a, a fish that you could sight fish. Don't don't fish on beds." What what's your stance on all this? I'm kind of I, I kind of have two Twofold thing. I, I, for myself, I'm just looking for the bigger fish. I know it's fun to sight fish, or at least I feel it is. I think it's great for a kid to sight fish um, if they do it, you know, respectfully. Um, I think it's great to take a kid out sight fishing and teach them how to fish. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it, like I said in the article, it teaches the kid to see, or you know, even a, a, a new a new person coming into bass fishing. It doesn't necessarily have to be a kid. Um, but it but it teaches them to kind of see the mannerisms of the fish, see what's going on, watching them. And what it'll do is if you hook one, it can teach you how to control the fish. It can it can teach you so much about um, how to land that fish. So when you're out not sight fishing and you're casting out and you're moving that bait, 
you kind of have a mental image, or at least I do now, of what's going on. I can mm. kind of understand what's happening. Was that a bite? You know, was it not? You know, that type of situation. So for me on sight fishing, I think it's a, a really great tool. I, I believe in the article I put that there there is a part where I do have a strong, excuse me, a strong feeling on this that during the major part of the spawn, I'm not big on live welling those fish. I know others, you know, will feel differently and that's fine. They have their, they have their views. That's why I think in the article, it's like, Hey, there's, there's opinions going both directions. But for me, I'm not into the, to the live welling of the fish and, you know, transporting them around all day. I'm into, you know, catch it, get a photo, put it back and just let it go do its thing. Yeah. And, and when you're saying live welling the fish, we're talking about catching bass, putting them in the live well, and then at the end of the day, taking that big hero shot that everybody talks about where you have yeah. that four or five bass in all your fingers and you're holding it up to the camera. Yeah. I mean, some of the photos are great. I mean, I love them. I see them and I go, wow, man, that was great. But at the same time, you know, I'm, uh, I just sit back and it's, it just pains me a little, you know, to, to see that happen when you could take five photos. You know, I, I know it exactly. is hero shot but you could take measurements and a good photo and go look this is what i caught and especially if you already have it on your gopro it's already there just link the five of them up together or just do a short video of all the fish yeah there's a more creative way to exactly all right. So it, you mentioned it in sight fishing a lot more than meets the eye, but uh, what, toward, what sort of lures should people be throwing at beds to, to kind of get that reaction bite from, from those bedding fish? Oh man, that's a tough one. You know, that's a tough one. I'm, I'm all about anything weedless. I'm not into anything with exposed hooks. Uh, I, I'm not into any of that because then you're just snagging. I mean, that, that goes into another, you know, tough situation where, okay, so the fish goes down for the bait and you think it, ate it and you set the hook and then you reel it up and basically you snag it on top of its lip. Yeah, it may have been going down to the bait, but it didn't eat the bait. So those exposed hooks to me, those eh, that kind of a bait, I'm not, I'm not big. I'm not big on the big trouble hook swim bait. I'm not big on a rattle trap spinner baits, all those types of normal reaction baits that you would normally see. I'm thinking, you know, a big worm, you know, things along that, a jig, you know, those type of things. And even the jig has the exposed hook, but still it's got a weed guard and, and you'll see him suck the bait in. That's what I'm looking for. You know, some type of a big worm, a jig, things along those lines. For anybody that's that sight fish like this, I'm sure you know when that when that bass starts to kind of bark at the lure, you know, when you see them, they kind of yawn at it and kind of, uh, <laughs> like you're saying, you you end up learning so much from that situation when you're able to see how the fish reacts to that lure. It's, it's, it's an educational experience more than anything, I would say. I have so much fun with it um, because, you know, I, I think a lot of times it's, it's like live video gaming right in front of you. And you can pitch out and you can watch the fish, you know, if you're thinking a male and a female in there together. You can watch the male trying to guard the female, push her away, do all these things, do the dance that they do. And, and I think it's really cool to see it. And then, you know, you watch the male try to pick the bait up and move it, you know, blow, or the female will come even and blow it off the nest. Like you said, there's so many cool things to see. And then, of course, if there's that big fish, I mean, you get you might get that chance. Um, last week, I was lucky enough. I ended up getting a seven pounder. I was the only fish I caught in five hours. Um, but it's really the only one that I saw where I can go, hmm, maybe I can do something here. 
you're saying that essentially fishing in March through May, you're essentially bed fishing, whether you know it or not. Um, expand on that. Yeah, I mean, technically you are. I mean, if you're throwing spinner baits down there like I like to do, um, you know, just for the rea- the reaction bite, and because I'll drag it on the bottom and bounce off of bushes and sticks. I mean, really, I'm crossing over beds somewhere. There, there's no way that that two pound fish that just attacked my lure, you know, was just randomly there. Okay. Yeah, wasn't roaming. We're gonna have, right? we're gonna have the transition, of course, where you have fish coming up and and wanting to, you know, make their nest, and then you're gonna have other fish coming in and cruising along. So yeah, so it's it is a transition thing, and and there's multiple situations. However, when you're in that thick of it, when you're in that like this March full moon coming up, March, April into May, man, they're you're pretty much kind of bed fishing, even if you don't realize you are. All right. So with that being said, you're you're obviously focused on San Diego lakes, and it, it's been a while since we've seen some big trophies pulled out of San Diego. What, what's your outlook on San Diego lakes right now? Well, San Diego still has some big fish. Unfortunately, we don't stock the trout anymore. Okay. So, you know, I was, I was actually talking to my son about this. He's a, he's a uh, pretty darn good fisherman himself. Um, and he has a theory that most of the big fish – that we see now in San Diego are 12 pounds and less. Okay. So that doesn't mean that there aren't 14 and 15 pound fish out there, but for the most part, when you see someone has landed a big fish in San Diego, now it's 12 pounds or less. Um, And I can directly correlate that to every single large fish that I have landed in San Diego over the last 10 years. The largest fish I have landed is 12 pounds. When thinking of bass, yeah. Average, they're 10 to 11 pounds. And if you're looking at what people are catching right now, that's pretty much what you're seeing. Now, there was a time with the trout back in the in the, the late 2000 or early 2000s, the 90s, the 80s, man, we were getting trophies. But they're, they could be there, you know, but I'm not seeing it. I think if we stocked our lakes, I think if the DFG and City Lakes decided to make it a serious program again, like it used to be, then I think we could, we could see those fish because that 12 pounder could become 14, 15 pounds easy. That eight pound now become 11 pounds. So, you know, it just gradually steps up in weight by having that protein. Um, so on that, that's where I'm thinking. I think we still have a great fishery. I think it's really fun to, to go out and hunt these big fish, but that 18 pounder, mm, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough here in San Diego. Can you give us kind of your top three lakes for somebody who may not have fished San Diego very frequently or has never been to San Diego? What would you, what would you say your top three lakes for targeting those trophies would be? Oh man, that's going to, that's going to really vary. Okay. Cause are we talking, are you going to be in a boat or are you going to be on the shore? Uh, let's go, let's go with from boat. Okay. From a boat. Um, I would probably be at Otai. Otai is, is just a, it, it's a big fish factory. Hodges is also a big fish factory. Now, of course, it's going to be tough to sight fish either one of those because the water is usually very dingy, but that doesn't mean you don't have the opportunity to get that fish. Just go in there and fish. If you're talking sight fishing, you just have to go to our clear water lakes. You know, you have to you have to look at a San Vicini. You have to look at a Dixon, uh, you know, uh, which is a rental boats only. Sorry, a Poway rental boats only. Um, Jennings, you know, these crystal clear water lakes. If you're looking for, you know, true sight fishing every now and again, mm-hmm. Other lakes will will clear up. I mean, you could even toss El Capitan in there sometimes. You know, they'll they'll pull out some some decent fish. 
you mentioned the stocking and how things have slowed down with stocking trout. Have you noticed a slowdown in the swim bait bite or are you not a big uh, swim bait thrower? Um, you know, I do toss the swim bait and I, and I, I do have a double digit under my belt on a swim bait. Matter of fact, caught it at El Cap. Um, but really <laughs> what not swim bait, person? what swim bait was it for those? Oh, listening? I had a Roman negotiator actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really, really nice little trout looking bait. Um, I, I still love it. I actually beat it up so bad. You know, I, I honestly, so we'll backtrack on that with the swim bait too. I have honestly caught more three pound fish on a swim bait than I have eight pound fish yeah. on. A bait. Yeah, I mean it is always fun, even when you pull them up and you're like, "Really? What were you thinking, big guy?" <laughs> and I'm talking on depth two fifties too. I mean the the yeah. giant glide baits, a three pounder just comes up and destroys it. For me, with the swim bait, I target that bait. I don't really use that as a main thing. I'm not going to be the guy who just you know brings one rod, five swim baits, and just chuck swim baits all day. That That's not me. I've caught all of my fish using traditional methods, either pitching a jig, you know, the little Roman negotiator. I really think that was luck because I've only caught one big fish, you know, you know, the double digit at that. But everything's either been on some type of a spoon, an Ica, a jig, a worm, um, just your traditional style of fishing. So the outlook in San Diego, we're hoping to get those trout plants back so that we can bring bigger fish into the lakes or, or oh, it definitely will. It'll make those fish grow. There's no doubt. Yeah. Instead of capping out at 12 pounds, they're going to be capping out at some record, you know, some record breaking weights. With that being said, and going back to, to sight fishing, if you can give everybody one word of advice on the, the entire sight fishing uh, tactic, what would you give that? Patience. That, that right there is it. It's, it's, there is so much searching going on versus fishing. Sometimes, you know, people will get a little, you know, I just want to land a fish. They're out there to go fishing. You know, they spent the money, they've got the gear and the baits and they cruise down the, the, the lake in their boat and they look and they see a three pounder and, and they'll spend maybe an hour trying to catch that three pound fish. And I look mm-hmm. at this, leave that fish alone because 75 yards down the bank could be a 10 pounder. So yeah. that patience factor right there of don't settle, let that fish go. You know, just if you're looking for a big fish, don't waste your time on these other ones. Just keep searching and keep looking and be patient um, because it does happen. Like I said, last Sunday, I launched at nine in the morning. And my whole focus was just to go see what was going on and go look. And at 2.15 with the lake closing at 3, I rolled up on a really nice big fish. I mean, she she was 7 pounds. And I was able to, uh, within like 20 minutes, I was able to get the male to dance around. And she came in and I was able to to grab her. So it's that patience factor is what I would say would be the, the biggest thing when you're talking sight fishing and want to get a big fish. All right. So one thing that we're aiming for with the podcast here is to is to dig deeper into the names that we see in the paper. So mm-hmm. what, uh, you know, everybody knows now that you're definitely into bass fishing, but you also have another passion, which is guitars. So uh, tell me, tell me about your relationship with Taylor Guitars. Oh, wow. Well, I've been working at Taylor for, you know, since dirt, basically. I'm a 30 year veteran there. Um, I run the service network. So what that is, is I basically handle all of the warranty situations that go there. And that includes up up to training technicians globally. 
anything from dealers, distributors, and, and technicians I work with. Now, obviously, with COVID, we haven't been doing any travel, but email-wise, podcast, or video series-wise, we've done quite a bit. Um, and it's just been a, a whirlwind there. And, of course, Taylor Guitars is a world-renowned you know, acoustic guitar maker, largest one in the United States, as a matter of fact. So um, it's been just a fantastic ride to be, uh, well, as they say, you know, riding on the coats of giants of uh, – Bob Taylor and Carlistic. So, ours, <laughs> of course, as the, the third partner. So, not only can people talk bass with you, they can also talk about guitar playing and, and share those passions with you. Thank you so much for joining the call today and coming on the podcast with us. No problem, man. Anytime. It is such a coincidence that Rob was talking about 12 pound bass in San Diego because right after we recorded that conversation, Western Outdoor News got the report from El Capitan that a 12.35 pound bass was caught in that reservoir. So to his point, those bass are out there, but they seem to be capping out at that 12 pound weight. Thanks again to Rob, and thank you guys for listening to Western Outdoor News. This has been Episode 8. For more information on the Striper Derby and the Rockfish Rumble, head over to wonews.com. 